Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad you all could be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. As you guys love know, we love to share great stories with you guys, and I also love history, too. And our next guest has been able to combine the two of those things into one book that I think will really inspire you, but also educate you as well. We're excited to welcome author Amy Alley Card to our broadcast today. Her new book is already a number one new release on Amazon. It's called The Tiger Bells, Olympic Legends from Tennessee State. I want to talk to her not only about the history she was able to discover from the 1960s, but also how the Tiger Bells really did set the stage for a lot of what we see today and also inspire others as well. If you all are just now hearing about the book, we will let you know how to get your own copy of it. Amy, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to have your interest in the story and to be able to share it. It was a pleasure. It's definitely all mine. As I mentioned, it's already a number one new release on Amazon, a top 100 bestseller right now. I mean, what has it been like for you, uh, Amy, to be able to see the early response to the book already? It's thrilling. I mean, this book has been a long time in the process, and to see it finally hit the world and to have some positive feedback, it's just you know, more than I ever hoped for. And the main thing for me is just to get the story out about these incredible women. And so the wider, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And you were just saying that to me earlier, Amy, and I think that's the whole thing about for myself, and I can speak for myself and others may have a different experience. I had never heard of the Tiger Bells before, uh, and so it was so interesting for me in being able to read this history and to see their impact, but also I think, as I mentioned, who they've been able to inspire is really something. Is that something you're hearing a lot of, Amy, that people did not even know about the Tiger Bells? That was really one of the reasons why I wanted to write the story initially because I grew up knowing about the Tiger Bells and I realized as I got older that other people didn't know their story. I just happened to grow up in a sports family. My grandfather was a coach. My dad was on the track team in college and in Nashville and we knew about the Tiger Bells. But I just, when I started talking to people as I was older, I realized that you know, sometimes people had heard of Wilma Rudolph, but very rarely had they heard about any of the other Tiger Bells. And I thought the, one of the most important impacts that they had was as a team and how they supported each other. And Wilma Rudolph, I mean, she was incredible, but she, she was the first to admit that she wouldn't have been who she was without the team around her. And so, um, it's just an inspiring story that I felt like it's time to be shared and we need a lot more positivity in the world these days. Right, exactly. And I think, too, the whole sense of not only – and it's so interesting thinking about the time that this book is set in and, of course, to think about it being real-life individuals, but also the idea of knowing one's worth. And more importantly, it seems like, Amy, in this book, proving one's worth. What was that like for you to see that layer of not only realizing that you were good, but being able to prove that you were good? It's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to fathom sometimes that 
people could reach the highest possible standard of excellence in their respective fields and still sometimes not get the respect that they had earned. Um, I know they felt like they proved it to themselves, but for them to be able to prove it to the world was just, it, it, it was something that they felt like was so important for their communities to be able to cheer them on and to know that this was possible. Um, so, yeah, I think that one of the interesting things about the 1960 Olympics, which is where the story ends, um, they, that was the first Olympics that was televised. And so there were young girls all over the world that were able to yeah. see women running and performing at that elite level and people of color to see other people of color on the screen. That was so rare in those days. And um, all of that, I think, caused a major cultural impact. That was really a lot of what was driving them. Yeah. And you just brought up something very fascinating, and it's something that we, I think, sometimes forget because of the world we live in today, Amy, and that is not only, of course, there being people of color, but being women, right? I mean, so really mm-hmm. some would see that as being two things that would keep them mm-hmm. from getting the recognition and the attention that they deserve. What was that like for you to kind of not only to have these conversations with them, I can't even imagine what that experience was like, but what was it like for you to kind of hear in their own words about the experience and, and how they viewed it at the time? It was really incredible. I mean, meeting anyone that's been a trailblazer and broken a, a ceiling is inspiring. And how, like you said, how many layers that they had to get through. They didn't just have one or two things against them. It seems like they have five or six or more. You know, it seems like they had everything against them at, at certain times. And it's just a lesson. It was inspiring to me. You know, every in my own personal life, if I felt like I had challenges, I, I you know, it was nothing compared to what they'd been through. So I can achieve, you know, anything that I set out to just like they can. And I think that's kind of the message that they in their lives have felt so important to share with their communities and with especially young people to know that anything is possible. You just you, you put your head down, you work, you get things done. Sometimes you need a little bit of good fortune, but um, but anything is possible. And that was yeah. just a really important driver for them. Such a great point, and it's a great reminder for all of us. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Amy Alley Card to our broadcast. Her new book is The Tiger Bells, Olympic Legends from Tennessee State, available now through our friends at Amazon, but also, of course, through your favorite bookstore. We're going to remind you of that a little bit later. Have you gotten used to this idea, not only, of course, of the – response to the book, but also now, of course, people being able to know you, Amy, and, and what you've been able to to achieve in, in being able to write this book. Uh, that is very satisfying, I have to say. Just, but I really do want to keep my – I mean, I'm not lying about that. It, it feels great to have all this hard work being acknowledged in a way. But I do really like to keep my focus on the reason why I wanted the story to be shared in the first place. And in my mind, when you start a project like this, if it reaches, you know, one person, it's worth it. And to have it reach more people, it's just, you know, coming back um, in, in so many different ways. So it, it, it feels fantastic. And, and the Tiger Bells are excited about it too, which is 
even and better. I'm starting to hear from some of their families, and you know, it's 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 fantastic, absolutely. Well, I'm going to embarrass you for a moment and and keep the attention on you for a second because I want our audience to get an idea of the person who who's been able to bring this to us. So, I have a heavy two-part question for you. Your love of history, is that something you've always had? You know, it's really funny. I I love to tell people this, that I absolutely did not like history in school. It was so boring. It was always, you know, memorizing dates and wars and, you know, really dry things. But when I got to college and I ended up majoring in art history uh, because I loved art and art history really drew me into the personal when you when you look at history through an art lens it really is personal and it gives you another side of things and I was fascinated by the stories and that really started out a lifetime of really not just history not just the names and dates but actually what's happening behind the scenes the people and their relations to each other and that to me is the most true part of history and the most fascinating and what we can learn from the most and so yeah history was not my favorite subject in school until I got to the college level and I was able to kind of drive it but um and it turned into kind of a lifelong dedication so yeah and that brings me to the second part I want to ask about because a project like this is a lot of work I mean there's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. it even outside of the interviews so kind of give our, mm-hmm. our audience an idea of the amount of time here uh, Amy because the book came out this week of course um, but how much time did it take you as far as the research of the book um, from idea to finish to, to publication was about eight years um, oh, wow. but it, so it's a long process it really is but um, you know, there are different times, and a lot of that, because this is my first book of this type, the narrative nonfiction, a lot of that was kind of learning process and trial and error, and then, you know, trying to learn all about the publishing scene, which is very opaque on purpose, it seems, especially yeah. for the writers. So um, just, you know, learning all of that. But the actual research, it was ongoing throughout that time, and a lot of it was kind of breaking through different, um, you know, finding finding new people to talk to and people that knew other people and, you know, kind of, it just takes a little while to kind of work through all those networks and, and make all the different connections that you need to make in order to, um, you know, and then with this, it's also digging through newspapers, old lots of old newspapers and, you know, archives and um, getting photographs and access to the photographs. And so it's it's more than just the interviews, but the interviews were absolutely my favorite part. And finding the old interviews, too, were that was really special because a lot of times people um, – you know, when they're talking about it now, a lot of these women are in their 80s, and if they're talking about something now, they kind of just have a feeling of peace. You know, they, they want to make peace with their lives. They are at peace with their lives, and they've done a lot, and their their attitude is that, you know, everything is fine because we're here now. But um, when they were younger, they had a lot of, you know, more to say about things, and they were angry about things justifiably that they should have been angry about. And, and so there's a little bit more um, honest 
honesty, not honesty, because it's just a different phase of their lives, but just a, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, perspe- a different perspective that you get from more interviews that were done close to the time. Um, so that was pretty fascinating to me to see that as well. So those those older interviews that I was able to dig out were just as valuable, if not more, than the ones uh, where people are talking now. So that was yeah. a pretty cool aspect. Did you did you find that that they were that they were willing or or ready to to share their story, Amy? And I guess I asked the question because it always amazes me. I got a chance to interview my my grandmother before she died at ninety one, mm-hmm. and the funny thing was she she said to me, "Why do you want to interview me? I haven't done anything." And yet this is a, a woman who had lived through 20 presidents and, you know, had, mm-hmm. you know, raised her children after her husband died at, you know, such a young age and, you know, gone through, you know, segregation. And, but she did not think about it in that respect. So I guess that's, that's mm-hmm. in the vein I'm asking this question. Did they, did they feel as though people still were interested they had done back then? Um, everybody didn't want to talk, absolutely. Um and everybody, you know, I couldn't reach everybody either. And so, you know, there there were definitely challenges in, in that respect. Um, but, and and a lot of the people, so I talked to other people too besides the athletes, but just to get a sense of the school and, you know, friends and other things that were happening. And, and I did get a little bit of that sense where they were happy to give insights, but they were a little bit more shy about their quotes being used in the book, um, or, or, or not shy, but maybe um, a little bit more reserved about that. And uh, but I had to say, you know, you lived through this. You saw you were right. You were an eyewitness at the time. It's really important perspective for people to have, and they want people definitely want to hear what you have to say and their insights were so valuable. I think in the way that the story. Um, was kind of played out. I mean, when I finally hit on the kind of oral history tradition of um, format of the book where it's very quote heavy and because it it just really makes it kind of come alive in their own words. And I think that people that were witness were just as important as the people who participated. And so um, there was a little bit of that. That's so interesting, but I'm so glad that you got to interview her and, have yeah. that history. Everyone who lived through that. I mean, it's and we don't want to lose that history. So, right, yeah. exactly. And 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 another reason why I want to ask you that question, Amy, is because I thought about May in the book and mm. how, again, looking at what May was able to achieve and what others saw in May, but also realizing what she had to go through just in being right. the color that she was and being. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, even today, and it's. And that, that brings up another thing uh, that I wanted to ask you about, because as you were writing this book and you talk about the almost decade, you know, of spending time with these individuals, did it did it seem at, at the time when you were doing that that you were kind of living through that time yourself? And I ask you that question because, yes, they had challenges, but we're living in very interesting times. <laughs> right now too where yeah. it seems like we're mm-hmm. going backwards in so many ways mm-hmm. uh, and and I, I'm, I'm curious as for yourself as you were going back in this history what was it like for you to kind of look at the world that we're in and that you're living in and thinking about the changes that are happening now it was it was enlightening to me in so many different ways and I'm always stunned at things that happened you know 
it was just really not that long ago in our history right. that things happened that were, were stunning. But then you're right. You know, I, I look at problems that we're having now, and it just made whatever contribution that I was trying to make or whatever, you know, shining a light on a story that I was trying to do, it just made it feel more important. And mm-hmm. just it was definitely a just a motivator for for the yeah. story to get out and it just felt like all the more reason for all of the stories you know and, and one of the things especially as a reader you know I love to read as much as I like to write and um I I just cringe at the idea of books being banned and yeah. um and history being glossed over and you know forgotten intentionally forgotten and it just makes chronicling all these little details, all the different aspects of life, just more and more critical. And so yeah. my stubborn streak gets lit up, and I dig in. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that, and you really hit on uh, Amy why I was asking the question because it was interesting when I was listening to you earlier in this conversation. You know, and you you talked about what we needed now. You know, we needed that that optimism. We needed something positive. Mm-hmm. And and I think a story like this, interestingly enough, even though we're talking about a time, like you said, it's not too, you know, too long ago, that it is something that is so relatable today, I think, because it mm-hmm. is a story of overcoming, of, you know, being able to show again what we're able to do and also what happens when others believe in you, Right. So mm-hmm. uh, now that the book is out, what is your hope as people are finding out about the Tiger Bells, as they're reading the book, kind of taking this journey with you through it? What is your hope that readers do take away from it? Well, one thing that I think is not really obvious about the book that I really hope that people get is the value of teamwork and supporting yeah. each other. And um, I, that was one of the most critical things about the way the Tiger Bells were able to achieve success is that they leaned on each other and they had each other's backs and they pushed each other and practiced day after day to show up early for those, you know, 5 a.m. practices and to run three times a day. You know, all the time that was the preparation behind the scenes in order to be ready for the big race when it came, all of that, all, all of that teamwork and all of that, you know, supporting each other through, I, I hope is what people really take away from the story. And also to know that other people have gone through adversity too, and you can as well. Um, one of the things that I was kind of thinking would be fun about this, or, or one of the things I'm hoping that comes out is if it can reach, you know, high school kids and it's a little bit, of a, a way to couch, a, you know, everybody's going to be interested in an inspirational sports story. And then you read the inspirational sports story and then you find out about some aspects of history that you were unfamiliar with. So it kind of like right. feeds you a little bit more about our past within, you know, this attractive sports story that everybody, I mean, you know, the boys in the boat movie is, is, you know, a big hit right now, and everybody loves to feel good about, like, the underdogs reaching success, and so that's, like, one aspect of it, but there's a deeper meaning within that, um, so I was kind of hoping this could be, like, a vehicle to, uh, to, to learn other things as well, so... 
Love that. Love that. Well, I think it's definitely achieving that and will continue to do that. Uh, Amy, and I'm so glad that we had a chance to be able to discuss it. Again, everyone, Amy Alley Card has been our guest. Her new book, her new best-selling book, is called The Tiger Bells, Olympic Legends from Tennessee State. It is available now through our friends at Amazon.com. If you guys are joining us via the podcast, we already have the Amazon link there for you guys. You guys can be able to click there to get it. Of course, you can always get it at your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, they'll be more than happy to order it for you. Amy, again, really appreciate this time. How can our audience stay connected with you? So uh, my website is amycard.com, A-I-M-E-C-A-R-D.com, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at amycardauthor. So uh, thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful opportunity and so great to get to talk to you. Oh, look, the pleasure is definitely all mine, and we definitely look forward to our next chat together. Absolutely. Thank you. More than welcome, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.